Well, as you're turning back to Romans 1, just wanted to read a little bit from that song that we, we just sang. O great God of highest heaven, occupy my lowly heart. Own it all and reign supreme. Conquer every rebel power. Let no vice or sin remain that resists your holy war. You have loved and purchased me. Make me yours forever. I was blinded by my sin, had no ears to hear your voice, did not know your love within, had no taste for heaven's joys. Then your spirit gave me life, opened up your word to me, through the gospel of your son, gave me endless hope and peace. Uh, what great words. What a, what a great prayer for us. Um, as I mentioned in our opening prayer, we're, we're not here because we are, are those who have practiced perfect. We, we are unfortunately not holy. We have not been pure. Um, we've been stained by sin, each and every one of us. And so there's nobody here who could stand before you and, and brag, me least of all, anybody who could do that. Um, but there was this, this great love that, that came to us through our God, our King, through Jesus Christ. And, and, and we were blind to the gospel. We, we, our ears couldn't hear it. We couldn't see it. We didn't want it. Um, and it was through the power of the Holy Spirit that God awakened us. And so as, as we preach and teach God's word, we, we, we need to be reminded of that and, and keep that in the, in, not in the background of our mind, but in the foreground of our mind. Because we're going to address things that maybe are uncomfortable and that we don't like, especially with this Truth Matters series. Because truth matters and there's a lot of lies out there. Um, the, the invention of technology and these phones and social media. I mean, information is going out so fast, so quickly that you can't keep up. Um, it, it's frightening when you think of, of our kids and the, and the different influences that are, are being paraded and thrown at them uh, on a daily basis and you don't even know. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's frightening. But today we're going to look at one of the topics of our Truth Matter series, a topic that again comes under the umbrella of, of this progressive Christianity, that idea that, that you know, Christianity needs fixing, it needs progressing, it needs changing. And one of the topics, and it, and it becomes one of the, one of the pillars of, of progressive Christianity and, and one of the marks is homosexuality. What is homosexuality? Why is this such a big deal? Now, this is definitely not my soapbox. Believe me, it's not something that I think about a lot or have thought about a lot. Um, but what's happened over the last couple of years, it, it, it's been a, a wedge that keeps driving itself uh, into the church, uh, into private Christian schools where, where I served. Um, and so we're, we're at a point now, and, and again, in, in our study of truth and our study of progressive Christianity, where this is one of the key issues. And understanding this issue really leads to a lot of the other different issues. Um, we're, we're, we're not homophobic as a church. We, we don't hate homosexual, homosexuals. But again, like I said, th this is being forced on us. I mean, you know what month we're in, right? I mean, that we literally have a month, um, Gay Pride Month, that our country celebrates. There's no Christian month. Think about that. The foundation of our country. No attention to that. In fact, quite the opposite. The interesting part of this is if you're in opposition to this movement, then you, by definition, are haters. And 
believe me, we're very, very close to where it's going to be a part of the law that you, by definition, will be a hater and a hate group. Um, the truth is, well, if there's anything in the Bible that contradicts what the world's doing, then I guess we hate that too, right? So really what it means is we hate everything. Well, why, again, why is it that this one topic becomes so polarizing? That, that's something you got to think about um, that, that makes us haters. No, not the other stuff. No, you're not a hater because you're against stealing and lying and, and adultery. That, that doesn't label you hater. O only the homosexual movement. Um, the other ironic thing is the world and people can disagree and not like Christian values, but that doesn't make them haters. How come they don't hate Christianity? I would love to see every time in, in one of these, you know, uh, talk shows when somebody says something that's not biblical, that they speak up. Why do you hate Christians? What's the difference? But again, that's not what's happening. One of the things we keep hearing is this idea of, well, just accept, just accept me. Remember, we're on a rescue mission here. This is not a safe thing. Homosexuality is not a safe thing spiritually. It's not a safe thing physically. Um, shouldn't we say something? I remember when I first became a believer, um, when I first became a believer and the Bible was brand new to me. And I would come across things that would just rock my world. Uh, Proverbs 6. There are six things which the Lord hates. Whoa, that would get my attention. God hates things. Maybe I should look at this. Yes, seven, which are an abomination. So these are seven things that God says abomination. Oh, okay. Haughty eyes. Me. Lying tongue. Me. Hands that shed innocent blood. If I could, I would. Me. A heart that devises wicked plans. Me. Feet that run rapidly to evil. Me. A false witness who utters lies. Me. And one who spreads strife among brothers. Well, I didn't have any brothers, spiritual brothers, so not me, I guess. I win. I, I was faced with a confrontation of God's word. That God hates these things. You know what? You better change. You better repent. You better do better. Now, you don't see anything in here, you know, about homosexuality. And, um, but these were things, just a part of Scripture, that I had to then deal with. Change. I didn't just say, well, that's just me. That's just the way I am. That's just the way I feel. Accept me this way. No. It was up to me to repent. Not accept repent. Second Peter 3.16 talks about those who twist scripture do so at their own doom. The false teachers, the false preachers, the false narrative that's out there is twisting scripture to not just the teacher's doom, but to our doom, to the listener's doom. That, that's a dangerous thing. So again, we why are we addressing this? Why are we talking about this? Why don't we just, shh, we don't need to talk about this. Just talk about other stuff. Well, again, this is just another issue in the Bible that the Bible talks about. We don't do that with, you know, well, marriage, you know. Not everybody has a great marriage, so shh, don't talk about that. Somebody's marriages haven't, you know, didn't work, the, you know, the first time. Shh, don't ever talk about that. We talk about it all the time, don't we? we, we what about children's obedience? Uh, children struggle with obeying their parents. And there's curses in the Bible that talk about disobeying your parents. Shh, don't talk about that. That's not nice. It's not nice. The kids, won't want, the kids don't want to hear that. Um, forgiveness. It's hard to forgive. It's really hard to forgive. Somebody offends you. Somebody violates you in different ways. Do you want to instantly, your instant response, boy, I can't wait to forgive them. 
Before they even finish the sentence, I forgive you. It's so fun. Look, we, we address these issues because we need to fix them. We, we, we make corrections and adjust, adjustments so, so that we admonish. We, we talk about the idea of a, of a safe place. This is a safe place. The safety is we're going to tell the truth. We're going to be gentle and nice about it. We're, we're, this is not a place where we mock people. Um, the forgiveness of sin is a beautiful thing, but we need to address it. You guys know that, you know, as a, a baseball player, one of the amazing things about baseball is a great baseball player fails way more than they succeed. You get 10 at-bats if you succeed three times. You're a Hall of Famer and a multimillionaire. It's crazy. So in baseball, when you're a baseball player and you have a game and, and you get one hit and four at-bats, you failed that day. You get one hit and three at-bats, you're a hero. So what do you do? Well, here's the balance. And it's the same thing in our life spiritually. We're going to be honest. You know what? You struck out three times. No bueno. But you got the game-winning hit. Good for you. This is our Christian life. Okay, you, This is sin. That's not good. We need to correct it. There's forgiveness for sin. Okay, let, let's address the balance of this. Again, we don't just say, hey, go and keep sinning so that God's glorified. No, we, we repent. It's, it's a constant uh, toggle and, and working out. So grace is so amazing and so sweet and so free. It's beautiful. But we have to address certain issues. I, and, and, and this issue's personal for me that this would have been one of the areas of, of great weakness in my life when I first became a believer and I'm a an athlete and you know macho and all that kind of stuff and I remember one of the first places I went to to minister you know I'm, I'm, I'm now you know I'm, I love Jesus and I want to share the gospel with people and I'm I'm going to USC Medical Center with the chaplain and and I'm gonna preach the gospel um, except for one thing Mr. Chaplain don't put me with the AIDS group. Remember in the 80s, the 90s, AIDS was a big deal. It wasn't the AIDS. That was code for, I don't want to be around the homos, right? The homosexuals. That was where I was. Don't worry about it. They're on the sixth floor. I've got you on the seventh floor. No problem. Guess where I ended up? <laughs> the Lord has a great sense of humor. And the, and the Lord corrected me. And the Lord worked on my heart to understand that, that people unrepentant, dying, are going to end up in hell. Do you care? And you know what? They're just people too. And you know what? They need Jesus. And you know what? They have compassionate hearts for that and rebellious ones too. And it changed my life. It changed the way I looked at homosexuality. Had family members who, who've struggled with that. Look, let me be crystal clear. There's no place in Christianity for your personal malice. No place. That's not what this is about. But we do need to address it. And, and before we get to the heart of the, of the passage, there's a couple quick truths I want us to get our arms wrapped around. I'm going to fly through those pretty quick. But the first truth is. You know, we keep hearing this thing, you know, I was born this way or this is how I feel. This is how I feel. I was born this way. Let me be clear. The flesh rages with burning desire. It's true. There are feelings. We don't deny the feelings. Those feelings are strong and they're, they're passionate feelings, but they're not new feelings. The Bible has been addressing the feelings of homosexuality from the beginning, remember Sodom and Gomorrah? The Romans, the Greeks have been dealing, you know, from the ancients. This is not new. We don't, we don't just say, well, it's, it's, it's a feeling. So trump card, it's mine. I, I just felt that way. We see in Genesis 34 that Shechem had a deep attraction for Dinah. He was deeply attracted to her. 
the, the verse says in Genesis 3, 4, 3, he loved the girl tenderly. So he took her by force. But that's the way I feel. How come that doesn't work? Because your feelings don't matter. James 3, 5 through 8 says, the tongue is a fire. Who can tame it? Oh, I, I, I can't help it. This is my tongue. I just say things. No, repent. Stop. That, that, that James says that your tongue is set on fire by hell. It, it's a destination to hell. Not my tongue. It's just a little gossip. Um, James 4.2 talks about lust being a, a burning desire. So when people say, look, I, I feel, yes, they do. It's not untrue. It, it's a feeling. There's no doubt it's a feeling. But truth number two, it's a sinful feeling. This is clearly sin. First Timothy 1.10 lists it as sin. Part of the problem that we're having in the, in the Christian church, in the progressive Christian church, are these pastor, rock star, podcasts, YouTubers, authors like Andy Stanley, who should know better. He's the son of a very famous preacher. And Andy Stanley calls these the clobber verses. So, so you know the setup there. They're not God's word. They're not scripture in the Bible. These are clobber verses. No, they're just verses, Andy. They're, they're just God's truth. And so he doesn't understand what biblical love is. He doesn't understand what fatherly love is that disciplines those that he loves, that corrects wrong. That's what a true loving father does. Andy Stanley thinks that a true loving father just says, no, no, th that's how you feel. I accept it. What kind of a parent would do that with their child? Oh, you just want to stay out all night? Sounds good to me. Go have fun. Do you need a ride there? Because you're only 14. You know? No. So here are the clobber verses. No. Here, here's God's word. I'm going to run through them. You can write them down. Leviticus 18.22 spells it out. Males are, are not to lie with males as females. Okay, there's no like interpretive thing to misunderstand there. Leviticus 20.13 repeats the same phrase. Females are not to lie with females like they do males. This is a detestable and offensive act. To who? To God. This is God's standard, God's law. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10 mentions homosexuality. It says, look, and we, and that, that they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Unrepentant sin of any kind doesn't inherit the kingdom of God. That's a problem. Genesis 19, 5 talks about the, you know, the Sodom and Gomorrah. And, the, and it says that they, they acted with wicked activity. In fact, in 1 Kings 22, 46, this is where we get the, the phrase, the Sodomites, was because of Genesis, because of Sodom and Gomorrah. That wasn't a good thing. That was against the law. Some other things that we understand, Genesis 2, we see what marriage is. Marriage as defined by God was designed to be fruitful and multiply. That's why you have male and female. That's how we're fruitful and multiply. Jesus reaffirms this. Matthew 5, 27, Jesus talks about adultery and divorcing a husband and a wife. And the assumption there is, and these are bad things, that there's between a husband and a wife. There is never, ever, never, ever, never a verse that talks about the, the, the marriage between the same sex. It's nowhere in the Bible. It's nowhere affirmed in the Bible in, in any kind of way, shape, or form. Ephesians 5, again, goes through. Let, let's explain the role of a husband and a wife. There's not like another chapter that, that explains the other role. No. 1 Corinthians 7.2 talks about the immoralities of 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 how we use our flesh and our bodies. And it, and it talks about how you're to only be with your husband and your wife only. 
So again, yes, adultery is wrong. Fornication's wrong. Homosexuality is included in that as well. Hebrews 13.4 makes that very clear. Marriage is held in honor. Fornicators and adulterers are to be judged. All forms of sexual immorality are judged. It's not that homosexuality is uniquely special. It's only unique, uniquely special in that people are trying to drive it into the church as though it's okay. It's, it's crazy. Well, the third truth is, and for us to understand, look, grace is powerful. Grace is beautiful. And this undermines and diminishes God's victory when we pretend like, no, it's okay, and we need to accept it. Why? Because we're saved through faith. It's a gift from God, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And what, what happens? Well, Romans 12, 1 through 2. We are then transformed and renewed and conformed. Our, our minds change. So what happens in our minds happens in our heart changes the way we do things. So a man thinketh he lives, right? And so grace is powerful. We can change our feelings. We can change the way we were in our sinful activities by being transformed. 2 Corinthians 5.17, we are now new creatures in Christ. We're new. That old person, dead, gone. We're born again, John 3.7. So now... Romans 6, 14, sin does not have master over you. That's, a, that's essential for us to understand. In this movement, in this way, it's like, well, I can't help it. This is the way I am. This is what I want. No, you can help it. It's not the way you are. And God has a different design for you. And he has the power to help you change and conform and transform to be a new person. That That's... You're, you're robbing the whole identity of Christianity. If you really think about it, Galatians 5.3 says we don't use our freedom to indulge our flesh. We, we, we don't use our freedom that way. We don't use this, this amazing gift of, of Christ dying on the cross and paying the price for our, our salvation with his blood and just say, yeah, bring me more, bring me more. May it never be, Romans says. Romans also talks about in Romans 6, 16, 18, that so now we're slaves of obedience. We're slaves of righteousness. We serve our master, not ourselves, not our own flesh. Very important for us to understand. And again, we're reminded over and over again, 1 Corinthians 6, 11, and so were some of you, <laughs> all of us have some form of sin in us. So again, there's no real, um, well, this is so uniquely special that, well, I get to keep it. No, you, like everybody else, fight it. It's an old self. The old self was crucified. Remember that song, I've been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. It's Christ who lives in me, Galatians 2.20. You, you're supposed to be different. You're supposed to be different. It was one of the things that just cut me to the core when I'm walking around a Christian campus and people are constantly saying to me, well, are, are, you, know, are you saved? Are you going to be? It's like, I am saved. Well, they're not convinced. That's not good, right? There's something about me externally that didn't look right to them. And they were right on many levels. Why? Well, the fruit of the Spirit should, should be seen. And one of the elements of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, is self-control. It's probably the most important spiritual gift, and we rarely talk about it. You are to control yourself. You are to stop. You are to repent. Stop from entertaining sin. Again, James 3.17, look, our faith means nothing without the, the work of the faith. So if you were in sin in a certain way, you don't continue in it. No, your faith, your repentance, your new work proves that you've changed, that you've transformed. That's the, the proof is in the pudding. And so we don't 
continue, and this is one of the unique things about this particular sin and this particular movement, is I, I, I just I don't see people walking around the church identifying themselves as their former sin. I'm a liar. I lie. I like to lie. I feel like lying. I grew up lying. I'm a liar. Call me a liar. I'm a part of the Christian Liars Alliance. Same thing, murderer, right? I'm a murderer. I, you know, murder feels good. I like to steal things. I'm, why is it that this is the only thing that people still want to? Well, I'm a homosexual Christian. It's an oxymoron. You're, you're not a murderous Christian. You were. That's past tense. Well, the fourth truth is, look, this isn't new. Okay, this is so not new. It's not even funny. Again, I mentioned Sodom and Gomorrah, but you look at the Romans and the Greeks, you look at their art, you look at their readings, um, you look at the ripple effect of their belief system. So one of the ways that they like to teach and shape culture was through their, you know, their, their mythology, right? Their gods. Well, we get words that we use today that you're pretty familiar with words like hedonism. What's hedonism? It's the idea of self-indulgence. It, it places a, a moral value on reckless, sinful, sexual behavior. Sound familiar? Hedonism. It, it's the idea of, you know, what we see in, in America right now. Yeah, we're going to go to college and sow our oats. Um, based on self-pleasure and physical gratification. <clears throat> It comes out of narcissism, which was, you know, one of the, the Greek gods who was narcissist. He was a man in love with who? His own reflection. That's the idea of narcissism. I love me. So he looks in the pond and he sees his own reflection and he loves it. This is the root, and we'll talk about this later, but part of the root of, of, of even things like the, the, transect, the trans movement stuff is you're so focused on yourself. You love yourself so much. You know what? You'll repaint it. We'll, we'll just make some adjustments. You're familiar with this God, Eros. Sound familiar? The God of erotic love, not just a, a, a love between a husband and a wife, but no, the, the erotic love, the, the, again, back to the self-indulgence, reckless behavior, they would literally have temples where you would go in there and that was worship, temple worship, temple prostitution. And then there's the God chaos. Chaos is this, which is interesting. Chaos by definition was just, he came out of a void, out of nothing and was genderless. Not interesting. But if pressed would call himself female. Again, the, the very identity of this God is chaotic. It doesn't even know what it is. And wow, is this not relative today? Well, <clears throat> those are some key pillars to understanding. Look, we're, we're sympathetic to the feeling. We are, but it, but it doesn't give license to sin. Yes, it is sinful. It is a sinful activity. There's so many biblical verses. Um, there's no denying it. It's not just one verse in the Old Testament 3,000 years ago. And even if it was, that would hold up. More importantly, the power of grace is so beautiful and amazing. And it completely undermines the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And so let's get back to Romans 1. Romans chapter 1 kind of shows us how do we get there? What's the, what is the path to, to homosexuality? And we're going to see four paths today. Four paths. The first path is there's a suppression of truth. The second path to homosexuality is there's futile speculation. The third path to homosexuality is impure lusts. And then the fourth path to homosexuality is depraved minds. Well, let, let's look at verse 14. 
I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. By the way, let me remind you in verse 11, here's Paul's his, his opening to this church, that he longs to see them. Why? In order to impart some spiritual gift so that he can encourage them. So this whole, everything we're going to talk about is meant to be an encouragement. So, so that, that's our goal is to encouragement. It's not meant to be an attack. It's an encouragement. And so he's under, no obli- under obligation to Greeks and barbarians. Remember, this is a big deal because we're coming out of the age where only Jews mattered, right? And, and Paul's a missionary to, to the Gentiles. And he's, he's writing this book to the church in Rome. And he's under obligation to Greeks and to barbarians. That's the very, very highest well-educated to barbarians. Okay, the lowest. So to everybody, to wise, very, very wise, to foolish. Thus, for my part, I am eager. He's eager to do what? To preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. That's his joy. That's what he wants to do. To you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God. For what? For salvation. God's word has the power of salvation. Turn people to God's word, not to movies, not to video clips. Turn people to God's word. It has the power of salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. And so how is a righteousness uh, revealed? How does a righteous man live? Well, it begins with the gospel. It begins with understanding a, a, a devotion to God's word. What's the gospel? The gospel, by definition, is the good news. Well, what's the good news? Well, the good news is from John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whoever believes in him, here's the good news, will not perish. See, the good news is embedded with bad news. There is a hell. There is punishment and consequences for unrepentant sin that have no faith in Jesus Christ. So the good news is, the great news is, you don't have to go to hell. You can be forgiven for your sin, any sin. But you have to put your faith in Jesus Christ. So the forgiveness of sin is by faith. Nothing that you do. You can't earn it, can't pay for it, can't preach it. It's just, it's, it's from faith, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. We've been saved by grace through faith. So it's our belief, our belief in what? Our understanding in what? Our understanding in what happened on the cross. That that Jesus, the God-man, came on the cross, made the sacrifice for our sin by paying with his body, by paying with his blood, by dying and resurrecting. And so, there's a response. The faithful, those who really believe, then follow, then live righteously. There's a righteous behavior that we're all commanded to do. You don't get to just wing it. You don't get to just do whatever you want to do. You don't get to just be the same person. Come as you are. Leave differently. Be different. Walk in the newness of life. Walk in a manner according. Right? We just studied that in Ephesians. And so... Paul sets this off with this great desire to preach the gospel, this great desire to save people. Again, this is a rescue mission. It's a rescue mission, not an attack. This is not an attack. But the honesty is in the kindness of telling the truth. The honesty is in the kindness of telling the truth. So the first path of homosexuality is that there's a suppression of truth. Verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven to heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them for God made it evident to them. 
For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so they are without excuse. So here's the context. Um, the, the, it, it's, again, it's not a Old Testament versus New Testament. It's God has revealed himself. And, and, and there's wrath for those who, who don't believe. But God has revealed himself against all ungodliness, against all wickedness, all wickedness, not just homosexuality. Ungodly is, is, is what is wrong, right? Godly is what is right. Injustice is what's unrighteous versus what's right what versus what is just again ironically and we'll talk about this coming up but this whole idea of social justice warrior they have no idea of what justice is no idea of what unrighteous see see the word just it needs to be unfolded in understanding what ungodly and injustice and unrighteousness what all those words mean and so the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. So God reveals who he is from heaven. And it's against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. So truth is suppressed. The truth, remember, not your truth, not a truth, is suppressed. What does that mean? That means truth is crushed. Truth is restrained. Truth is, is, is hidden. And so it becomes a truth. It becomes a perspective of truth. Well, what do you think? How do you think we got here? How do you think we're, the earth was created? What do you think good and bad is? What's your point of view? We're not interested in your point of view. Your point of view is often very wrong because it's, it has an idea behind it of, why well, I want what I want. How do I make what I want sound good? Right? And what I want is usually unrighteous and ungodly. And so what, what, what we see here is a, is a reality that truth, what is reality, is then suppressed and crushed the postmodern way. I know my truth. I know my truth. You don't know anything. You are a fool. Now look at what God does here. God says, Truth is suppressed. Okay, what truth? Because that which is known about God is evident within them. God says, you know God. No, I don't know God. I've never heard of God. Yes, you have. That's what God says. You do know the truth. You do know. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Why are you doing it in the dark? Why are you doing it in secret? Why are you hiding it? Because you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. God made it evident within them. God also made evident within people to understand that there is a creator of the universe, that there is a God. That's why every single nation and country in the world, if you're tribal and you've ever seen a book or video or anything in your life, they know something made me. We're here and they, they'll start worshiping something, right? They'll worship the sun. They'll worship plants. They'll carve a stone. They'll, they will worship because they know it's evident within them that there is a God out there. They know it. And God says in verse 20, since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, God says, look, the things that you can't see prove I exist. What? How's that work? Well, do you see wind? No, but you believe it. Did you see how Mount Rainier was created? No, but I know it wasn't by accident. How do you know that? Because again, we've said this before, I can look around the room and say the same thing. I don't look at this guitar and go, man, that's amazing. Evolution rocks. It's just out of nowhere, this guitar popped out of, we don't see the world that way. We see all these different things, the, the, the piano, the post, a, a screen, we say, who made it? Who made this thing? Who designed this? It's the same thing with the earth. How do we get, wow, that sun, where did it come from? Who upholds it? How hot is it? How far, all those questions are then self-evident of the creator who made those things. 
It's only after time where man comes up with their suppression of the truth that within their consciousness that they fight and they battle that they say, well, maybe there was something else. And so the first step of, of this path is a suppression of the things that you know are true. You know there's a creator. No, there's not. If there's not a creator, then there's no absolute moral being. Then there's no absolute morals. Then there's no absolute morality. Then I get to make my own morality. That's why that's the first step. Again, look, the invisible attributes. Um, here are the, the you know, people on earth and they see creatures mating, producing offspring, right? So it doesn't take a genius to figure it out. Um, basic realities. But they suppress it. They hide the truth. Well, the second path of homosexuality then or is futile speculations. Verse 21. So where do we go from there? They're without excuse, but they're going to make an excuse. Verse 21. For even though they know God, how do we know they know God? Because God says they know him. Because God says he put it in their hearts. Because God said, I've shown throughout the world, every single thing you see proves me, if you really want to see it. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of an incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. So the second path then we see is futile speculation. They know, but they don't honor God. They don't give God any respect or honor. It used to be that way. Everybody did. Maybe they had a different name for God or they didn't understand what God was, but everybody would start with, yeah, there's a God. Well, which one? Now it's completely suppressed because we've moved past that to all these different forms of speculations and the books. And it begins with no respect and no awe, no fear of God. Remember the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. You take out the fear of the Lord. There's no wisdom. There's no understanding of God. What God? There's no God. People boldly proclaim there is no God. Or what we see in the church today, they, they pay lip service to God. They go to a church. They go to fake churches. They go and, and, and hear people who twist scripture around to make it say whatever they want it to say. Reminds me of, you know, that, that, that movie Father of the Bride where, you know, the, the guy who does the, um, all the, uh, the, the showers he comes in, he sees the house, and he's getting ready for the wedding. He goes, I love it. We'll change everything. <laughs> well, this is the progressive church. I want church. I want to be involved in church. I love church. We just got to change everything about church. Beginning with not following what God's word says. I love God's word, but we're changing it all. That's like the battle cry of progressive Christianity. They say things, but then they do something totally different. They, they don't honor. They don't really respect God's word. You honor and respect God's word when you follow it, when you'll die for it. That's when you know you, you really believe in it. Instead, they go to futile speculations. Well, I don't know. Could creation in the beginning, is that the way it really happened? Um, I've read some books. I've gone to school all my life, right? Um, and so they begin to listen, suppress the truth, and, and start thinking of futile things, futile being foolish and actually perverted. Speculations, that idea of like calculating and, and plotting. In, in the old British term, they would use this for their high-risk gamble. Their investments was speculation. Well, I don't really want to follow God, so I will risk and speculate on, well, give me, give me something. Oh, spontaneous combustion? Okay, that sounds good. Oh, evolution? Okay, that sounds good. <clears throat> Just give me something to speculate on. And so, as the passage continues, professing wisdom, well, he's a doctor. He's got a Ph.D., 
Again, just, just to be crystal clear, this is the requirements of a, of a PhD. Will your check bounce? Because if your check will clear, you can get a PhD. Read 20 books, write another book that's about 300 pages. That's the process of a PhD. The A1 process, especially in Christianity, which is where National Geographic gets its information for, or you know, um, the History Channel, all those PhDs are from secular universities. And if you want to get a PhD fast track, do something against the Bible. Do something that changes the, 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 the uh, conservative or the, the historical narrative of what Scripture says. You know, something like, well, homosexuality used to be bad in Scripture, but now it's not. Let me tell you why. You get a PhD for that. Um, professing to be wise they actually become fools. Why? There's no, there's no fear of the Lord. There's no fear of the Lord. So this profession of wisdom, literally, again, why are we addressing this? Because they're screaming from the rooftops. We can't turn right or left without hearing this, right? It's, it's in our, all our movies. It's on all the TV shows. It's in our songs. It's the first thing you see when you walk into Target. It's on all the Starbucks shirts. I just want a mocha. That's, that's all I want to do. I want to watch a Dodgers game. I don't want to go to a, 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 you know, a, a, a gay pride rally. It's, it's everywhere. It's in our schools at ages that are just completely inappropriate. And, and the worst part, it's in the church and being proclaimed as acceptable. Well, the idea of foolishness is not intelligent, not discerning. It's a complete denial of, of what God's word says and what the truth in God's word is. So they exchanged, verse 23, they make a trade of worshiping God to do what? Well, um, again, I, I, I know there's a God. Why? Because God put it in my heart. So I know there's got to be something out there than just me. Um, well, give me something where, okay, you know what? Brian carved up a really cool, you know, from, from a single piece of wood, he carved a cross. Let's worship that thing that Brian made. How silly is that? Or, or let's make an idol. Let, let, let's manufacture an idol that were made with human hands. And let's fall down and worship that thing. Just give me something other than God. Uh, professing to be, this is deep, deep, deep. This is so wise. I'm going to exchange the incorruptible, the perfect, the holy, the infinite, the almighty creator of the universe, God, for an image made by man. It could be an image of birds. Give me an animal. I'll worship an animal. Four-footed animals. A bull, remember? The Israelites, first thing they do when they get out of, out of Egypt, they make a golden calf. Four-footed creature, crawling creatures, idols of the earth, futile speculations, futile. What's futile about it? It leads to death. And so they turn from God, grasping for anything. But ultimately, and make no mistake, and, and this is where we're leading to, they, they want the number one drug that there is, self-pleasure. That's the number one drug. That's the, the number one thing in, 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 that they're going to trade and speculate for. They, they, they say that the, the, the same, like, you know, excitement that you would get from, from doing stuff like exercise and, and, and having, you know, great victories and, is the same thing that you get with, like, drugs and, and, and physical pleasures. And so it just becomes a nonstop <laughs> pursuit of getting that feeling. <clears throat> and again, one of the greatest, probably the greatest warnings I ever got in my life was from my dad. And it was, it's not that the drugs and, and the sex don't feel good. They feel good. They feel great. They feel amazing. The feeling part isn't the lie. It's the result. 
and the ramifications and the consequences that's the lie. There's a reason why people do it. So the affirmation of the act isn't that it feels good. And again, tied into homosexuality is the affirming act, the affirming feeling is not an affirmation for righteousness or, or holiness or godliness. No, in fact, it should scare you even more than anything. Well, <clears throat> we're going to stop here and really look at the next two, um, which we'll see that God ultimately gives them over. The most dangerous request that can be made is the request of, this is what I want, and you getting it. If we're honest with ourselves, especially the older we are, we can look back and say a lot of the things that I wanted the most either were the worst things that ever happened to me or could have been really, really bad. Our sinful nature and our desire tends to want things that are very destructive for us. And so to get to a point where we're so rejecting who God is, we won't listen to him that he says, okay, go. Now, he'll bring you back, okay? He can bring you back, but he'll let you go. And, and again, that's a father, a loving father can't make you do it, can't save you. At some point, it's got to be your faith. At some point, you've got to take hold of your faith. And so for a father to say, okay, if that's the way you want it, well, you get it. And then we'll see what happens and we'll pick up the scraps and we'll pick up the pieces. But, but I want you to know, I've already got a plan in place. Jesus. Jesus has already died. He's already paid the price for sin. You can be forgiven, but you got to come back, right? It's the, it's the um, prodigal son deal. You got to come back. You, you, you got to repent. You, you, you got to change. You got to transform. You don't get to go do whatever you want and say, well, my, my, my dad's in the church. My, my dad loves Jesus. So I used to, I'm, I'm still good. No, it doesn't work that way. And that's frightening and that's scary. But we'll come back next week and, and learn more, not only about the path that leads to impure lust and depraved mind, but also the conclusion, which is there, there's great hope. There's great hope in Christ and in transformation. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for just an opportunity